You missed it the very beginning, Dennis. I, I, I first came on here and I'm like, it feels like I haven't recorded with you guys in like two months. And then I looked at the calendar and I'm like, oh, that's because I haven't recorded in two months. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I, I'm just kind of upset at GW for calling my bluff. <laughs> Welcome to Preferred Enemies, the Warhammer 40k podcast that can't believe those glorious bastards actually did it. I'm your host, Rob. Kevin. And Dennis. Uh, no Richard today. He's helping family with something, so uh, we're going to carry on without him. Uh, this episode, we're actually in a brief window between releases. We, uh, I know we promised <laughs> the Gene Stealer Cold Codex review, and I swear it's around here somewhere. Somebody told me the Gene, Co- Gene Stealer Cultists are around here. They are dug in somewhere. I cannot find them. I have no idea where, they're, <laughs> where they are, where they've gone on. I think they might be mingling with the guard somewhere, and of course, you know, our guard codex review from, like, seventh edition is coming any day now so um this will eventually (laughs) will eventually catch up but but until then um we are going to focus today on news and new releases really just news and upcoming releases because in the two weeks since our last episode came out uh we've had the adepticon you know reveal we knew there was going to be a reveal happening at adepticon and i have to say um Kudos to Adam and Wade over in the UK for doing the, the online version of the reveal at two in the morning local time. Dear yeah. God, those guys are troopers. <laughs> I, I watched that at like ten nine o'clock central, and it, they were like, yeah, it's two o'clock in the morning here in, at Greenwich Mean. And, but... Uh, and, and apparently they did say that, it, like, at Adepticon, I think Eddie Eccles was doing, like, the in-person reveal, like, an hour before... So, yeah. so Adepticon got like the in-person reveal first, but uh, we had the Adepticon reveal, which they did show a, a fair number of things for 40k. We we're going to talk about the results of Adepticon, the event itself, uh, uh, and then a new release, and then what is potentially the best April Fool's joke that uh, Games Workshop has ever pulled off. It's not a joke. <laughs> Spoilers, dude. <laughs> Dude, and then we're also and then we're also going to do a deep dive into the Oscar slap and talk about that for like three hours because that apparently no, is please, no, that please, everyone no. has to do this week. No, <sighs> I, I mean, unless we want to have like Horace slapping the the emperor. <laughs> there's there, there's a there's a law that every every half bit or every two bit uh, content creator has to have a hot take on the Oscar slap. And I'm going to block that trend, so sorry. I I think horror slapping the the Emperor was wrong, because that's what caused the downfall of mankind. (laughs) (laughs) We will be talking about the horse heresy as well. Uh, So let's start start kicking it off with the Adepticon reveal. Now, obviously, there was some Blood Bowl stuff. The the Norse Blood Bowl team looks awesome. Oh, they look great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The Necromunda Ashwastes stuff looks very cool for people into the Necromunda specialty game. Uh, we are mostly focused on the uh, 40k core universe itself. And so the first big thing and a very big thing is Chaos Knights. 
We know Tyranids are the next Codex, but it looks like Chaos Knights and Imperial Knights are coming hot on its heels. But uh, Chaos Knights are getting a full-on army box, including two new knight builds. Two new knight kits, the Knight Abominant and the War Dog Carnivore. Yeah, and, they, uh, they both look so cool. Like, it's just perfect they, they like, look very aesthetic awesome, for Chaos. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it takes that general... Like you get the the general uh, like armature or knight structure, and of course with their their knight build, it's got like that reverse ankle mm-hmm. build like that their despoiler has, where it's it looks make just a little bit more animalistic than a standard imperial knight. Yeah, but like the I like the fact that the armature like the the dog skull head is a nice touch. <laughs> it, yeah, definitely. Um, the knight, the dogs will head, and then the abominate with you know bringing its own like a uh, vulture crow, or like you know its own uh, carrion beasts along with it, and big old swingy tentacle arm, big old club tail from the look of it, like the giant tusks on the helmet, like just just the things that you expect from chaos, and like right. they've you know with the last you know chaos space marine army and you know, refresh with, like, the core troops and the Havocs and, and Abaddon, like, they've really leaned into that aesthetic, and, like, I like it. I think it's very cool. So, this this finally gives you, like, uh, you know, a a, a a couple more options for, like, proper Chaos Knights without having to do, like, conversions and stuff like that, where it's like, no, you can just buy this kit and, like, make it. And, you know, I, I, I like conversions as well, but I also really like the, the way this looks. As opposed to just getting some Imperial Knight stuff and just putting chains and skulls on them exactly. yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, is definitely a way you can go, but having having some bespoke pieces for actually making it look appropriately chaos out is, yeah, it's very yeah. important. Like it, And, like, it even gets down to the details. Like, if you look at the feet of this armager, it's got talons rather mm. than just like the normal toe feet. Um but yeah, no these these two look just look absolutely awesome. They they're kind and again following that same aesthetic that we saw with like the despoiler kit. So we're we're getting that that feel like yeah, these are knights gone very wrong. <laughs> but then not only do we get the chaos, chaos knights we get Chaos Knight new models. We get a new codex. Uh, we're getting the Imperial Knight codex, if not at the same time, right afterwards. See, well, here's my question on these: is the sisters have the codex in the box and the army there? These knights, I think, are the same thing. Does that mean this is like the pre? You have to get this to get the codex, or are they going to actually do the codex and this at the sa- separately at the same time? Usually with the army boxes like this, it's like this is like the preview version. And then they did this with the Black Templars as well. Like the actual codex supplements available like a month later. So if you buy the army set, so that's the reveal is also there's an army box coming with this that is going to have knights in it, a a knight abominant and two of the new war dogs. And it will include a, a special edition codex. That will be coming out most likely first, because if we follow that same yeah. trend, then in a <laughs> like in a month or so, then they'll actually have the codex release and all the new and the new models as separate items. 
so yeah, I don't know if we'll based on that theorizing because we'll have what Tyranids and then probably this and then Knights. But would they do Knights and then Chaos Knights, or would they put them both in the same week? I could see it because uh, because Chaos Knights are getting new models and Imperial Knights are not, at least as far as we know. Um, right. I would bet that the army box will be its own thing, and then in the month, you know, after the month after. or so delay, um, I'm I would not be surprised if both books drop together, just so yeah. that there's, you know, I think it'd be a nice sense of parity. You wouldn't yeah. have that period where Chaos Knights One. are getting up upgrades a, a month. Or, you know, like or several weeks before knights do, so you get that yeah. weird kind of like one faction has older rules than the other. You definitely don't want to be stuck in a scenario where you know uh, the chaos version of a of a unit has vastly <laughs> completely different rules than the imperial version of that same unit. I mean, you would hate Kevin, to live in that world. I don't see your your point because that's the standard practice, right? Well, no, but. The- <laughs> It works the other way, but you can't ever have chaos have a leg out. Okay, that's so, so what you're saying is that when the army box drops, they're going to drop the Imperial Knights Codex along with it. Hey, I'm, I'm just saying that. they should. I'm saying they should wait like a year and a half to update the Imperial Knights Codex just so they understand how we feel. <laughs> oh man, not n- no no bitterness there at all. No None salt at all. all. It's fine. None at all. No. <laughs> I mean, the only concern I have about the Knight Codex is a personal one, because I wanted to take Knights to Midwest Conquest, and um, depending on when the book lands, depending on... Yeah, um, it might be a little close. It might yeah. be a little... You, and I built my army the using codex. the old... Oh, I, I kind of prefer the old Codex, because those what I don't want the point changes all that to change me have to change an army at the last minute. Of knights. Right. <laughs> Fortunately, it's very few models to build and paint. Uh, That's true. Uh, you know how fast <laughs> granted, I paint. <laughs> yeah, well, granted, also, that that one model that you're replacing is an army's worth of... is like, a, yeah. like two squads worth of models to build and paint. So. Yeah. Probably three by the time it... I mean, <sighs> so the rules cut off for Midwest Conquest is May 13th, so as long as it com- doesn't come out before then, you should be fine. Okay. Crossing fingers. So you're telling him there's a chance. There's a I, chance, I'm or there's a, there's chance a chance in May, I will be frantically trying to update an army based on new rules. <laughs> I mean, the big thing is, I don't know that it's... It, it's Imperial Knights. There's only yeah. so much tweaking they can do with the points and stuff. So Especially if there's no new models. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, cool. I feel a little bit better now. Not a lot, but a little <laughs> bit better now. <laughs> I know that we don't. I know we don't talk about Sigmar, but uh, that new Night Haunt model they, that they announced at Adepticon is maybe the single coolest model GW has released in like years. Like the one with him, the the Night Haunt, like on the, the boat, the boat thing. That is. I know it's not really it's outside our purview, but I just want to point out that that model looks amazing. <laughs> oh, they 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 do some amazing work at uh, for Age of Sigmar. He said as he looked over at the Stormcast Eternal army that is being <laughs> built on his uh, on his painting desk. Uh, mm. So so yeah, I know the the modeling team and especially for the like all the Night Gaunt stuff has looked fantastic from the get go, mm. and it's one of those armies where it's like. Oh, you're. This is connected to the base by how much plastic? That little thing. <laughs> yeah, that's how you made it look. And, and it's it's got a whole bunch of holes through it because it's it's supposed to be spectral and skeletal. And oh, that's physics don't work that way. 
Right. (laughs) (laughs) I I will, Uh, on those regards, I much prefer my avatar to the end card. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Give me something nice and solid that that stands on the ground. (laughs) As opposed to something that, like, wind pushes it over and it breaks into a million pieces. Not talking from experience, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But but except talking from experience, yes. Ah. Um, speaking about the the conflict, going, going back a bit, and speaking about that conflict, that friction between Imperial and Imperium and Chaos, uh, that was also an interesting drop that we're getting a new version of the Horse Heresy rule set and yeah. a new set of plastics, complete with Mark VI beakies. I, I so will be for my favorite helmet. Yeah. Well, so there's been a lot of rumors on various sites, just a lot of chatter about like plastic, like forge world tanks, like a plastic Spartan and a bunch of like, you know, a, a new starter box with like, you know, a more poseable plastic, uh, contemptor dreads and stuff like that. I, none of that's been confirmed yet. None of that's, you know, been confirmed in any of this, but if they're doing a full mainline version of the Horus heresy, taking it from forge world, moving it mostly to plastic, which, they've been doing um, and releasing it as kind of that third core game. I could absolutely see them like moving some of the more common tanks and some of the contemptor dreads and stuff like that. And some of the more forge world specialty stuff into plastic for this. Um, And that's, that's super exciting. So, so looking at the article, they say like, of course you'll need someone to lead them into battle talking about these plastic Mark sixes. Yep. And, like, say hello to a plastic Praetor. Praetors are mighty warriors and can represent Lord Commanders, Jarls, Khans, and more, depending on your legion. Um, as with the Tact Marine, the Praetor is legion agnostic, meaning you can easily use them in your favorite legion, paint them up as you want, you're good to go. And then they continue, the Praetors are some of the first kits moving to plastic, mm-hmm. making the game more approachable than ever before. So while we don't have a list, obviously, of what is coming it is very clear that they want to move more of that line into plastic. And we've seen a number of those kits going out of production at Forge World over the last few years. So it would not surprise me if we're going to see things like uh, Demos Pattern, Rhinos, and like the the Bubble Turret uh, Predators, things like that, starting to move over to plastics. Um, uh, Seeing a lot of the 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 generalist i kind of get because they also they do continue like while while many generic while many general kits in the range will be moving to plastic there aren't currently any such plans for legion specific units or primary so for example um i built cacophony to use as noise marines for my you know empress children army the cacophony or at least the parts that make them cacophony will still be resin yeah. only like that anything that is specific to a legion so if you really want to do a deep dive into it it's going to be kind of like necromunda or blood bowl where you want to like blood bowl is a perfect example or necromunda yeah. but it's like blood bowl you want to buy a team the team is released in plastic you want to buy the named characters like the superstars for that team you want to buy the cheerleaders and like the referees the thing like the very special st- special use minis um those you buy in resin yeah and that they can do so like smaller print runs of the or you know smaller production runs of those things like that but then the game is still accessible to a mass audience who maybe only wants to interact with it at a casual level 
and that's all in plastic. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And it's, no, I think that's, yeah, I think that's great because it, it opens up, it opens up the possibilities for new players and makes it a lot easier, the barrier of entry easier. But then it also gives Forge World kind of its own niche within, you know, the 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 company and the hobby of like, yeah, this is where you go for like the really cool uh, characters and upgrade bits and stuff like that. So I'm excited. Well, and I think I think they're kind of following the model, and I and so I'm guessing they've had success with this with uh, Lord of the Rings because yep. about. Three years ago, they did a, re- a re-release of Lord of the Rings with, like, plastic armies, like the Battle of the Pelennor Fields box set. And they've released some new stuff in plastic, but they also, like, a lot of the characters are still available through the Forge World site at, in, the like, the more, again, more specialist stuff. So I'm guessing this, the whole idea of this, how they've been doing the specialist games, and I don't, I don't know if this is going to count as a core game as much as it is a specialist game still, but... Uh, well, if they if they start but, moving it over into, because this is just something I was kind of thinking about, you know, with, with the discussion of moving it into a core game, if they decide to do that, which it seems like with the launch trailer and the box set and moving things to plastic, it kind of seems like that's where they're heading towards. That kind of gives them, if they have the three core games of, you know, Sigmar, 40K, and then the Horse Heresy, that kind of gives them a nice little cycle where they can refresh one of the systems every year, have a new launch for that game, and then also have like basically a three-year cycle for each game. Like, which is kind of what we've been in for 40k for a while. We have about a three-year, three or four-year life, you know, life cycle for an edition. I don't know. That 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 seems like it kind of would make sense if they if they treat this as a, you know, as its own core game all, all along the same lines as Sigmar and 40k. Okay, yeah, I could, I, I could see that. It, it's, it does seem like it's a larger release than something like Blood Bowl, like yes. a larger model range. Um, I, I, th- I feel like it's going to be akin to where they're going with like the level of support they're putting into Necromunda, where there's a yeah. lot of like plastic stuff you can get for Necromunda. Necromunda, I'd say, is probably their biggest specialist game to the point where it's just shy of being a core game. So maybe instead of it being a core game, we're going to see like tiers of games, like main tier game, Age of Sigmar, 40K. Secondary, yeah, like second tier, Necromunda, Horse Heresy, and I'd say Blood Bowl in there. Yeah. Um, and then maybe like even like Warhammer Underworlds with the level of support they give it, you know, something like that. And then third tier would be stuff like Titanicus, um, Aeronautica, Aeronautica, Warcry, things like that, where it's like the game still is supported, it, you know, it is actively supported. They are putting out new product for it, but much more, like, much more sporadically. Like, maybe three or four mm-hmm. times in the year you get new stuff for it, as opposed to, like, we're going to roll out new kits for new kits and rules for it, like, every... Like, maybe Tier 1 gets stuff every month. Tier 2 gets stuff every other month. Tier 3 yeah. gets stuff maybe quarterly. You know, that kind of... That kind of structuring. Yeah. yeah. I can see that working, too. Uh, but uh, also, they did announce that, like, talking about the new rule set for it, um, that it is going to be based off of the 7th edition rule set. Like, they are not... Yep. So, like, that that was one concern that I've seen pop up. I don't usually have my ear to the ground on, like, the Horus Heresy community, but I have, you know, occasionally things will bubble up. And one of the concerns was, um, like, there hadn't been any new book releases for Horus Heresy for a while. Um, yep. And I know part of that 
is because they're getting close to the, you know, like all the legions have been released, but also they're kind of starting, like in the book, like the novel series, they're already at Terra. So, and I know the loss of Alan Bly a few years ago kind of slowed down that entire process because he was, I got the impression, he was very much like the soul of like the Horace Heresy project at uh, at Forge World and Games Workshop. And also there was the merging of the Forge World and uh, Games Workshop rule teams into just one consistent rule yep. team. So I imagine that's part of what slowed it down. But uh, one of the concerns was, oh, well, if they release a new Horse Heresy rule set, you know, it's like, are they just going to base it off of like 9th edition 40K and suddenly we're gonna have to learn a whole new game because they had base they were basically running on seventh edition rules entirely. Yeah, and they have they stated just as before it's based on the classic seventh edition rules for Warhammer 40k. But the team have made a raft of changes and improvements to ensure that your Heresy era battles are better than ever. So I'm wondering if this is going to be like a seven point five, right? Like, what are the changes we would have made to seven? Because let, let's be honest, seventh. At its core, was not necessarily a bad rule system. It was a rule system that was plagued with balance issues because the codex writing was yeah. really wild, and especially when they started giving uh, a lot of free stuff via formations, like formations mm-hmm. out right. completely unbalanced the game. You get right. rid of that, and if everyone's running Marines or some variation thereof. Mm-hmm. A lot of the balance evens out, and I think a lot of the Horse Heresy players have been very happy with the current rule set. But I'm sure they're like Seventh Edition did still have some pain points and some things that didn't work for sure. quite as well as yeah. as intended. So maybe out of this we get kind of the best version of Seventh Edition. Well, just like is, this, I. Th- oh, go ahead. Oh, so th- so this is that's kind of like the the tweaking to Seventh Edition and the inherent better balance within just a Space Marine on Space Marine game. This is why I do think that, like, there may be positioning the Horus Heresy to be another, like, main tier game, because I could really see, like, if this gets into plastic, they streamline the 7th edition rule set, this is your competitive 40k game. Like, this is your competitive Warhammer game. You're all playing similar armies. The only thing that's different is, like, the stuff on the periphery. You line up like balance is inherently easier because it's all the same like stat line for everything. Well, you don't have twenty codexes of multiple. Yeah, like each and- yeah, like you you've got differences on the periphery, but the core of the game is the same. And I could really see them like if they decide to lean into doing events again or you know competitive events and stuff like that, pushing the horse heresy is like this is the Warhammer competitive game and then you know sigmar and 40k still have their audiences because they're still going to but you know when when gw's like does it you know an example for example like an ard boys type thing again it might just be horse heresy because it's like nah man just bring your space marines line up against other space marines and go to town and see who's actually the best general without having to worry about some of the balance issues that come from the codexes very, very possibly, very possible. I, I could, I could see that happening, where it's like this is more akin to chess type thing because yeah. everybody's got roughly the same pieces. No, that that could that could be an interesting, and I think we've we've discussed that before as a possibility. And then Horse Heresy just kind of, I don't want to say faded away, but it came went out of the limelight. Like you know, it, yeah. it didn't get as much attention anymore. Uh, I am glad to see them putting attention back into the game. And obviously, they've shown that they can do their specialist games right. So 
Uh, I think moving this maybe so it's not completely in Forge World's hands anymore is also a, a good move because yeah. I th- putting more of this in plastic and making it so like like we had like the Burning and Prospero and God, what was the Calf Burning I can't remember the the yeah it's uh, full name but but you know it was a good way to betrayal at Calf betrayal at Calf that's it and so we had those kind of intro level products, which are really cool. And I still have like a sprue of like veteran, I think Mark three armor sitting around here somewhere. But the problem was those products tended to be kind of, they were longer release than most limited release, but they were not around forever. And then they just kind of went away. And suddenly that easy path into horse heresy disappeared and then you get it became forge world only and as we know like when you have a forge world only product line the bar of entry gets really high yeah you can still buy mark 3 space marines on the in plastic on the website the mark 4 space marines are no longer available online i would not be surprised if those get re-released at some point Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think they will. Yeah. And, like, you can still buy Cataphracty and Tartaros Terminators. So, like, they still have, like, some of the, the Horus Heresy plastics available, but they're definitely when, not being, you know, featured front and center. And it's and it's a very... It's also, like, a, a very smart thing to do it this way, because Dean's plastic kits will be used by 40K players as well. Because people oh, yeah. who like, you know, the who want, you know, who don't like the Primaris models, or you know, want to have some of these older, older models sprinkled in, yeah, like you're gonna sell. It makes so much sense. Like we've always talked about how, like for GW, Space Marines sell better than anything else. Hey, let's just make a game that's Space Marines and sell as many of those plastics as possible. Like it, it it's kind of too obvious, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm looking over at the uh, the specialist games. They do not. I think that's one of the other things. They do not have Horse Heresy listed anywhere on the the Prime Games Workshop site, even though those plastics are still there. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at, like looked over at boxed games, but then I look at Necromunda, and we talked about how like well the the specialist characters are available as like generally resin only, but not entirely because like there are a few like special characters. Yeah. that are available in plastics and some faction specific stuff that's available in plastics. So the, it'll be interesting to see where the, how they go with this. Cause that, I mean, this is kind of a, I it's, it's a, I don't say it's a sea change, but it is a bit of a shift kind of back into plastic. It's, it's like ebbing and flowing back and forth yeah. between like what, what games are all resin, what games are, all or mostly plastic. Okay, so yeah, I'm looking at the the Horse Heresy, uh, like on the Forge World website. If you look at the front page, very first thing, last chance to buy Spartan Assault Tank, Leviathan Pattern Siege Dreadnought, Sakarin Battle Tank, Demos Pattern yeah. Rhino, uh, Landspeeder Tempest, Damocles Command Vehicle, all the softback Horse Heresy books. So I would, you know, th- this is pure guess on my part 
if if they are going and doing what I think they're going to do with Horse Heresy and like kind of push it as a mainline game, and again, like, we haven't even really talked about like the release, the cinematic release trailer they put together for this. Which, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It is it's fantastic, completely amazing. Yeah, it is as cool as the the ninth edition 40k launch trailer was. I think this one's better. Like this one's amazing. I think this is going to get a full like month long summer release, just like ninth edition did, or like uh, how whatever you know version of Sigmar they're on 3.0 whatever now got the big release last summer with the big box set and then the updates for those those armies i would not be surprised if june or july of this year is one solid month of new edition of horse heresy and it's re-releasing those plastic kits um releasing the box set releasing some of these tanks or older rhinos you know and and stuff and dreadnoughts in plastic on their own and making a big push for that game to kind of get people into it, which is, becomes interesting because then it kind of shifts around what we had thought about some of the release schedule that's coming up for 40 K. Cause we assumed that like, Oh, it's going to be the summer of chaos. We're going to get a huge chaos wave in the summer. If instead we're getting a big horse heresy wave in the summer, does that push chaos to the fall? Does, does they try to sneak chaos in, you know, right before the horse heresy stuff? I don't know. It just, it makes a, uh, it kind of shifts what I what I had thought for the release schedule around a little bit in my mind. Yeah, it it definitely is a, a a wrench in the plans. But by summer, we should have most of the forty k codexes out because yep. if we're getting we're getting nids soon, we're getting knights and imperial like chaos knights and imperial knights sometime soon after that. That leaves Astra Militarum. And, yep. chaos like, and, chaos. and chaos demons and chaos and chaos demons and chaos marines. So we've got those three. We know that uh, chaos marines are likely coming soon, based on the right. uh, the other release, <laughs> the other reveal, and that's it. That's it for um for forty k as far as like main armies. So what you're saying and, is a uh, new edition of forty k confirmed for the summer. <laughs> Not this summer, maybe uh, next Well, year. next 2023 next would yeah. actually, 2023 would be the yeah. three-year cycle, so mm-hmm. it, it's po- it's very possible. And, you know, we had somebody write in previously asking about, like, do we think that there's going to be a new edition, or will it become more of a living rule set? Uh, hard to say, but if you wanted to not release a new edition right away, dropping Horus Heresy either summer of 2023 or like sometime around then would be a way to do it. Yeah. Or it, like you said, it could be this summer because we had new age of Sigmar last year. So they're not ready for a new release. 2023 would be the three year cycle for 40 K. So that makes 2022 the, the perfect year yeah. to drop a plastic or heresy line. So yeah, that actually tracks. See, I thought I thought this so, through. I didn't just make this so up. So we're guessing Horus Heresy, <laughs> then Chaos, then Guard, and then Special. I could I could see Horus Heresy and the Chaos Marine Codex. Like I could see the Chaos Marine Codex dropping like at the end of June, and then yeah. July being the Horus Heresy drop. Like, and now find out how they got so bitter and angry. Yeah, fair. Because kind of kind of played that way. While there the are certainly Marines. <laughs> well, there are certainly chaos models that need to be updated, like noise marines, berserkers, stuff like that. 
they did also just update a bunch of them to plastic recently. So I don't, I don't know that like when they go to release the Chaos Marine Codex that there's going to be a huge wave with it. You know, I, I think it's mostly going to be releasing kits that were, you know, plastic on their own, like re- finally releasing the Venom Throat and stuff like that. Fulgrim? Uh, yeah, a so. plastic Fulgrim would be nice. I mean, how right. much have they teased him? That's true. Storyline-wise, yeah. a lot. It's 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 a non-zero chance of that happening, and that would also give them a good excuse to release new pla- to release plastic noise marines finally, because it's the one cult kit that's not available in plastic. No, Berserkers need a, an update too, they, but they've they at least have been playable plastic in plastic noise for marine. years. They have a plastic noise marine. They have the one with the they guitar. Have a plastic <laughs> noise marine. Yes. But if you had, yeah, I could see, I could see a limited. <laughs> I, I could see a limited uh, model release with uh, Chaos. Yeah. Like you said, kind of releasing the kits, like breaking up the Shadow Spear stuff into separate kits. Yeah. And because we still need, like, we need a standalone kit for Obliterators. We need a standalone kit for the Venom Crawler. We. The Greater Demons, Greater Possessed, or whatever. Yeah. Greater Possessed and the Master Possession is not available as a separate either. So, yeah, it's. Oh, yeah, I guess he's not. Yeah. So yeah, it, it would be a perfect time to re- to release those. Uh, so yeah, I think that's definitely that's a real possibility because we could see like if if April is Nids and then maybe one of the two night like maybe Nights or and then May could be like Chaos Demons, June could be Chaos Marines, and then July would be perfectly set for Horus Heresy, and you'd have like you'd have rules theoretically for chaos demons and Horus heresy as well. So like the stuff that you release around then mm-hmm. or that is repushed because you're going to get new combat patrols will yeah. be, uh, you know, easy for people to pick up. And hopefully with Horus heresy, not only will they do like a launch box, which they specifically mentioned, but a, like a legionary combat patrol equivalent like some Ooh, sort yeah, of get cool. started box for horse heresy where like you get a couple of tactical squads, a predator, maybe one other character and like a, a rhino and, and or predator or you know, something like that. You know, some, some way for people to easily get in. Cause that's again, it's always been the issue with horse heresy is bar of entry is <laughs> figuring yeah. out how, how to get into it. And also you've got plenty of custodes stuff available that will also have rules in horse heresy. Mm-hmm. Because all the talents of the Emperor stuff should be available. So we can find another game for uh custodes to screw up the screw up the balance of. <laughs> <laughs> uh and, and speaking of a chaos release, there was one other reveal yep. at Adepticon. A long time coming. An absolutely long time coming. <laughs> Two wound chaos space marines are confirmed. Yeah. Which is good. Also, like, I, also, I think it's interesting that the new data sheet is called Legionaries, not just Chaos Marines. I did, I did notice that. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, because I, I do wonder if, you know, that's maybe a way to to split it up because you've got, you know, you've got Renegade Chaos Marines and you've got Legionary, you know, Legionary Chaos Marines from the Heresy. So, are those going to be different data sheets? You know, are there going to be different? Rules are like, you know, if you play 10,000-year-old warriors from the heresy versus, you know, the, oh, was it Lamenters or whatever? Like the one that like yeah. fell to chaos last week and, you know, 
haven't been fully mutated yet. Like that, that could be an interesting way to kind of divide those up and give them, give them another, um, another troops choice, you know, another, a little more flexibility with how they use, how you build lists. And, and so now the new rule is if you've just recently fallen to chaos, you will only have one wound. You lose a wound <laughs> if you fall to chaos. You but it is a, once yeah. after, after 10,000 years, you get that wound back. Like you've, you've worked out, worked well, it out. Not even, I mean, in, unless you're a primaris of false. Right. Well, like I, I don't even, I mean, I would hope that also chaos Marines, you know, all of them would get two wounds, but um, I, I think I could see it. Like with the Primaris versus Tactical Marine divide on the Imperium side, if you were playing Chaos Legionnaires, maybe your weapon options are, are limited. Like, you know, you don't, you know, you're, you're limited in what you can do with that unit as far as like adding, swapping weapons around. But you can take units of 20 and they get Veterans of the Long War and they get a couple other rules. Um, whereas if you take a Renegade Chaos Marine unit, they have the tactical space marine ever, you know, you can take three specialty weapons and all that stuff and you can do a little more flexible you can be a little more flexible with it. Maybe you could combat squad them. Maybe they have other rules like that. I don't know. I just think it could be an interesting way to divide to d- kind of divide up and give a little more flexibility and allow you to make legionnaires, you know, legion style lists versus also making, you know, like, hey, this is this represents a, a chapter that fell to chaos last week and, you know, didn't immediately turn in all their gear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would like to see that. Um I mean, I'm curious to see what other upgrades and changes we're going to get in this codex. I'm hoping we don't just get like the old codex with just uh, an extra wound slapped onto yeah. things. I, I'm hoping for some sort of deep functional change because it shouldn't just look like Marines with with spiky bits on them. Yeah. Well, and actually, I'm and I will I will say this. I am rewatching that little that video re- reveal of this, and uh, uh, I am wrong on one thing already because the Legionnaires does does say you know one to nine. So or you know one 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 uh, sergeant and then you know uh, four to nine. Legionnaire, so it isn't going to go to like twenty. But ah, oh well, can't have everything, I suppose. Yeah, guess not. <laughs> I do like that. Uh, there are definitely um, new models being teased. Like, looks like new possessed. Yeah. yeah, you know, or at least like demon. You know, demon possessed models. So, like, it could be your new obliterators, like your your full plastic obliterator kit, or. Uh, if they're doing a version of mutilators, you know, like a, a close combat version or, you know, and then we know that there's the greater possessed that came in the uh, shadow spear box. So maybe there's a, you know, opposable plastic version of that. Like maybe that's part of it or and updates to like the current possessed kit or something. Right. Or, Hey, even possibly a new chaos spawn kit would be something Ooh, that would be cool. That's something. Cause that's an ancient kit. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's there's definitely some interesting things coming. But the big the big announcement is yes, there will finally be two wound chaos marines. I, I would say you can quit complaining, but I know better. I know I mean, better. There there will be something that someone is not happy with. <laughs> look, and we'll get into the next reveal or coming up soon. But like, we are slowly running out of things. Actually, I say slowly. We're very quickly running out of things to complain about, but that doesn't mean we'll stop complaining. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, speaking of things to complain about, let's talk Adepticon outside of the uh, the reveal. Um, yep. 
So, so Dennis, you and I reviewed the Harlequins section of Eldari last um, last episode, and we made a minor oversight <laughs> on one particular unit. Yeah, we we kind of I'll be honest was much more focused on the craft world sorry as i was like trying to build my list as i was reading through the codex and i i other than putting a harlequin thing on the side i'm like i didn't look at it as closely as i should have um so yeah the biggest change we missed was the void weavers suddenly going from one per unit size to one to three and that's actually a big difference a big change and one that i don't think they should have made I will totally agree with you there. And we in in we also failed to note a potential interaction nightmare. Uh especially with well with any of the uh Harlequin vehicles and Light Sadath. Um Light Sadath uh has two abilities. Um the one that first popped into my mind when I saw this was going on was well the ability to move and fire without penalty. And like they're packing prismatic cannons which are all heavy weapons and it's like well you know and uh but vehicles can already move and fire without penalties so it's like no wait that can't be it and then it's the uh, no it's the other part of light sadath if you are more than 12 inches away you can only be hit on unmodified rolls of four to six one to threes automatically miss you Combine that with a vehicle that also has you are minus one to hit me at any distance and you cannot re-roll hit rolls. And then mount mount a smaller version of the fire prism prism lance on this <laughs> thing, allow you to take three of them per slot, and suddenly you have an anti-tank, anti-elite platform that is nearly impossible to hit, has no penalty for movement. Um, which means you can also, well, you can't advance. No, you still count as being stationary. So, uh, I believe you can advance and fire with it as well. Um, and each unit is packing three of these, uh, with a ballistic skill of three that never degrades. And you have, you can take nine of them on the table and suddenly there's nothing in the game that can stand up against you at all. I mean, I think three is formidable, Nine is a bit of overkill. And the uh, the competitive community has s- jumped on this interaction and jumped on, on this. And uh, when I saw the Adepticon results, and I saw some, some like, reviews of Adepticon itself, and one of the things that was pointed out, uh, and even Adepticon, the Adepticon staff owned up to this, uh, was that you know they're still working this is the first this was the first adepticon since t- 2019 because 2020 didn't happen 2021 mm-hmm. didn't happen um 2022 they were working with their eighth edition terrain oh and that makes a difference too and it does it does and uh it and it was pointed out that uh in some adepticon terrains some of it is very beautiful and thematic, but it has the problem of it doesn't necessarily always provide the best coverage from what I understand. And so like I've, some tables will be fine. Some tables will be, have been likened to planet bowling ball. And, uh, so a very shooting heavy army can really clean up. Um, we thought it might be Tau. It wasn't, it was in fact Eldari and in fact, specifically Harlequins. However, 
looking at events that happened that same weekend, it wasn't just Adepticon. There's a lot of Harlequins in the top top ta- top spots, if not winning the event. And in almost every case, not every, but in almost every case, it is Light Sadath Voidweaver spam that is winning yeah. events. Because it uh, is the best unit hands down right now. Yeah, uh, we're talking something like a seventy, like seventy-seven point nine percent win rate. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Um, now, I do not want that to take away from Zach Point, who won Adepticon with with yep. Harlequins, uh, because he was also like the top four spots. Three of them were Light Sadath Void Spam, <laughs> Void Weaver Spam. <laughs> so he was having to play, you know, get through mirror matches as well. Um, but you know the balance has gone horribly awry when of the top eight spots at Adepticon, three of the top four were Harlequins, specifically Harlequins. Uh, the fourth of those, which I think was in spot two, spot two, no, because sp- one, because the top match was a mirror match, Harlequins versus Harlequins. Um, I think third ended up being Tau, a Tau list. And then of the remaining four in the top eight, three of them were either pure Asriani or Eldari where there was Asriani and a Harlequin's detachment, which is just not good. Not good. And the the thing that gets me is that this is right after we were already having complaints that Tau was winning everything. And then right before that, <laughs> Custodes were winning everything to the point where like, like nobody cares about Admech or Drukari anymore. Like those have been dethroned <laughs> by I... first Custodes, then Tau, and now Harlequins and, and Eldari so, in general. Looking at the the top eleven technically on this, because I, I arbitrary cut off to make my point. Um, I do want to point out, like in this midst of all of this Tau and and Eldar Harlequin stuff, I do want to call out Austin Wingfield and. Uh, Eduardo Gonzalez de Molina as finishing seventh and eleventh with Necrons in the middle of oh, all of this. Yeah, that's um, impressive. Yeah, so so Necrons, <laughs> Necrons. While I don't think they're necessarily tearing up the competitive scene, uh, the revamp they got by getting a lot of yeah. getting core added to a lot of their units what has proven to be a big shot in the arm for them. It really yeah. has helped, um, but they still like. A good general can can definitely steer them in a very strong yeah. direction, but there's it's an uphill battle compared to Absolutes and Tau and now Eldari, and I think uh, and I, I think this just shows that there's some there's been some fundamental disconnects going on with how Games Workshop has been handling codexes, and it's like. You want an army to be good. Like, especially, like, with Tau. Like, Tau spent so long on the very bottom tier that it seemed, it's like, it's like, yeah, you want them pulled up. I didn't want them pulled up that much. Yeah. And and with Tau, like, I think, Dennis, you and I were talking about it an episode or two ago where it's like, Goonhammer did a, a, a talk about, like, what do we need to do for custodes and Tau? And the recommendation, like, for for custodes, a lot of it was roll back the points changes that they got that made them cheaper right after their codex came out. 
because they were already good. But the Tau, res- the Tau suggestions are all over the place. Nobody knows. There's not like one thing you can look at with Tau and say like, aha, that is the broken thing. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing I'm also going to point out is this isn't new to 40K. This has been going on for tens of years because new codex comes out, tends to wreck right. Just win mm-hmm. completely. But the nice thing about our current situation is, yes, it'll do that for one or two months. And then two things happen. One, a balanced thing of some sort will hit. Plus, a new codex will come out that will kind of take the limelight away from them. And I like this better than six to 12 months of the same army being, like, the top army. It, it, it is sure. better. It is better than that. I will say it is. it is better than that situation. But... It's painful for that, you know, for the for that couple well, months where right. they haven't got it fixed yet. Um, and now I I will say like unlike custodes had had the issue of custodes are very good. They're very they they were efficient and powerful, and they didn't need a points reduction. They were fine where they were, and getting a points reduction. Like we miss, you know, it almost came across as oh, we misprinted the points. We meant to make them lower, and it's like no, you really shouldn't have. They were fine, um, and there was no data to back up that they needed a, a change. Um, Tau will probably get some points increases uh, to to yeah. try to make certain things not as cost efficient. With Harlequins, I think we can clearly see there's a problem right here. Like this, this right here is the problem. When one build is tearing up, th- and it's like there will be slight variations, like oh, I this one took a, little, a few more Harlequins embraces, or this one took the Prince of Sin upgrade on a solitaire. Uh, but in general, it's like, but that's not what's doing the heavy lifting. The heavy lifting is these nine Void Weavers, and Which that has to go away. If you just reduce that to three, like they were prior, yeah, I, I think. I mean, there's three of them will still be nasty, but then three of them takes away all your heavy slots. But then again, if you're right. just doing Harlequins, that is your heavy slots. Right, but so. three is a huge difference from nine. That's Correct. It's not, you know, it's night and day. That and, I mean, there's other things they could do. Like, they could say the Light Sadath change only affects infantry. That would... That would... Yeah. I think that would be a fantastic... You know, only affects infantry and bikes. Let your Skyweavers have them. That's fine. The Star Weavers and Void Weavers already have the he- the good Mirage Launchers. They don't need yes, that. Yes, correct. Like, those two changes, I think, would bring... It would bring this down to a more reasonable level. It would make... Which would also help pull down some of the, uh, the other Eldari stuff to a more reasonable level. Now, there's a couple other issues that have popped up that I've noticed. Um, Baharoth is huge... <laughs> In in Eldari <laughs> list right now, because he can basically redeploy himself every every turn. turn. Yes, Whew. and so, so I, can I've, the swooping hawks. The swooping hawks can, but the weaponry on Baharoth is so good. <laughs> yeah. I've basically seen him like it's like he's not a character; he's an artillery strike that you move every turn. Is how is how he's described. So that thing I said about the. Uh, a lot of the Phoenix Lords feeling kind of boring and samey. Baharoth apparently need not apply to that. <laughs> that that generalization. Baharoth is terrifying. Sounds like it sounds like you guys really like missed the boat on this uh on that codex review. No, we I, talked that the swooping hawks are better. 
No, just it just seems like you guys really <laughs> dropped the ball. Well, you and know. I can say that because I wasn't on that episode. So, <laughs> well, I, I'm, no, I'm I'm not going to deny that there were things that book was a yeah. lot to yes, process. No, for sure. It was a very is a very big book. There's a lot going I mean, on in it. If and, this yeah, was like sure. older times, we probably could have dedicated a whole like month or two of like three episodes to just all of the changes. Yeah. Uh, but Rob didn't so, want any no. more five-hour episodes. <laughs> no, God, it's too much. It is too much. So, but so, yeah. there's, that's how much it's like trying to find out, like, what is what is the stuff in there that is the most killer? And, um, and to be is, fair, I haven't used Baharath and the Swooping Hawks since 6th um, edition. Oh, wow. <laughs> they, they've not been good for that long. So the Eldar players are actually kind of rejoicing, like, oh my gosh, my Swooping Hawks are finally good. I can put them on the table. And so right. that's one of the reasons why you're, you're seeing more of them, because they're, they're actually good. And then, yeah, Baharath would be an oversight, but, um, yeah, I don't know. He's really good. That's all I can say there. But we have, like, some of the other lists, uh, like Ben Sherwin took uh, fifth with Osirani, taking Ulthway with double Farseers, double Banshees, double Scorpions, and three Shadow Weavers plus six D-Cannons. Oh, nice. There was... Uh, I'm looking at the uh, the Goonhammer coverage. James Kelling, who writes for uh, Goonhammer, uh, got to play a Bealtan Eldari army. Mm-hmm. And he did bring some Light, light Sadath with three Void Weavers. Oh. The whole, uh, and a webway gate. So he like he he took a little bit of everything. Yeah. And then um, eighth was Jack Harpster with Osiriani brings out the other half of the Art of War Osiriani collection, rocking an Ulthway army headed up by Eldrad plus Baharoth and the Avatar of Cain. Those are probably the three best HQs you got right now. <laughs> There's even some Shroud Runners in here. Jack may have gone out in the semis, but he's the winner of our hearts. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I still need to get mine painted. I have six ready to be painted before they can be used. But, I mean, I think that shows Eldari is strong with a variety of builds. Yes, um, which is good. It's just that the Harlequin's build is too stupidly good. It's well, it's and- just not not right <laughs> rob when in in other codexes we've always had in the past if there was always a one must have like cabal wish cult chapter etc where i said well that's kind of bad design and the fact that you put variety here but in the end you said just this one's the only one that's going to matter so that's kind of what it feels like harlequin now you've got light twilight and dark but you have really only one that is so good that it, it matters right and that's that that's just such a huge problem um i'm looking at like some of the the other lists <laughs> like i'm re- looking at their coverage on on some of the other armies and it's like there there reaches a point where like they're just like i have nothing new to add i don't want to talk about light say death anymore <laughs> i mean it's, <laughs> it's just a, like it's, a fair it's like I, what's yeah it's like when when one weekend shows so many different events being yeah and it's not like there are other builds that have been like there's some dark sadath stuff that's been doing okay and it's just like there's that light sadath interaction just it that needs to be nipped in the bud right now like that yeah i'm I'm sure they will give them a couple weeks yeah 
so uh, that takes it. So Adepticon results are indicative of a larger issue. Uh, but again, I, <laughs> but again, Zach Point absolutely deserves kudos for beating the rest of the Harlequin field to yep. to take first. So, um, so you're saying we need to have a Harlequin Invitational? <laughs> God, there, you could have. A, I mean, I think we just uh, had it. <laughs> yeah, oh, fair. That was my Adepticon. Bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Um, so now I'm gonna we're gonna switch over to something that was released over in, in this period. We've got one more news item to cover after this, but uh, there's a new new release. Um, we were presi- provided we were provided with a preview copy of this by Games Workshop, so I wanted to throw that out there. As, you know, just say that they did provide this to us. But Dennis, I believe you picked one up yourself, and Are you that is the Tempest, Tempest of War. Tempest of War deck. Yes, um, I did pick Maelstrom's this up back, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I mean, my first take on it is, oh my gosh, those cards are huge. <laughs> yeah, they're tarot-sized <laughs> cards. Nice. And then my second take was open. It was like, oh my gosh, they changed the size of objective markers. They are 40 mil. I believe they're 40 No. Mils. Well, that's the thing. But once you punch them out of the cards, they're the same size as normal. So it's just okay. because the cards are printed, they, they-, they look larger. <laughs> right. So okay, so the contents of this is um, there's two stratagem cards, one for each player, and that's one of the things I want to talk. I, I really love about this. Only one player needs to own a copy of this for yeah, two. I did for two players to use it. I did find that very nice. So and the backs of the cards are the same, except the colors are different. One is in blue and one is in red. So you well, you can keep them. How separate. will I tell them apart? Uh, well, unless you are blue-red colorblind, which I don't think is a thing. No, I'm just... Although, that is actually... I wonder how this appears to somebody who is red-green colorblind, if they can tell the difference between the two backs. Hopefully, but, uh, because the third back is green. Yeah. Um, then there's the... They've got, let's see, six deployment map cards. Some of them are, like, familiar. Hammer and Anvil, Search and Destroy, Dawn of War, but then also, like, Crucible of Battle... Sweeping engagement and then spearhead assault. And fortunately, none of these will require you to figure out like the weird diagonals. It's basically everything is from like corner to middle, middle, like corner of one side to middle of the other, that kind of thing. Yeah, the worst one I'd say is spearhead because you have to have six or nine inches from the middle in a circle and then you go from center to each corner. Right. So it's not bad, it's just weird looking. It's a little bit weird looking, but I do like the fact like they when you said six to nine inches, it's nine inches, a nine inch from the center or six inches if you're playing a thousand point game. So they've scaled this. So the maps are oh, slightly cool. different uh, depending on what size of game you're playing. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve mission rule cards and these are rules like you you draw one of these for the mission and that gives you like the special thing that affects the mission so, so for like example, maelstrom of battle i pulled one shuffle the remaining maelstrom cards and draw two now they both apply so you can draw two rob <laughs> <laughs> so there's one that makes or, you get two uh there's one uh like warp lightning storms at the start of every psychic phase each player rolls a d6 for each of their units that are in range of one or more objective markers on a one they take a mortal wound and that's just a thing that's going to happen all battle long or one that says uh, your command reroll stratagem costs two cps instead of one that sounds like vox static that is vox static i think they need to fix their vox boxes (laughs) 
<laughs> then uh, there. Whereas in the past, Maelstrom was the only points you got were from the objective cards you pulled during the game. In this case, there are six primary mission cards as well. There's Taken Hold, which is your classic control one, control two, control more. Or they all have variations of that, but then in addition, they might have actions that you can take to score more points, or you keep a tally of how many units you destroyed each turn to give you extra points. Similar to what we see in the uh, Nachmund uh, tournament packet. So not everything is just hold objectives, but holding objectives is always a part of how you score your primary objective. And in the rules packet that they include with this, um, they do specify that just like in a match play game, you can only score 45 of your 100 points via your primary objective. Then they give you two decks of, of 20 secondary objectives. Uh, secondary missions and basically at the beginning you will all have three of these at any given time um and they'll tell you when you can score them when you score them they are worth five points unless like occasionally they'll say well if you did it this way it's only worth two instead of five but in general your secondary objectives are worth five points and uh, a num a few of them say like if you can't there's, like there's a couple that like if you can't actually achieve this objective you can discard it and score another one. Let me see. There was so for example, raise banner. If when this secondary mission is generated, there are no infantry units or units with the objective secured ability remaining in your army, discard this mission and and generate a new one. So they've even made sure like you should never get an objective that is impossible for you to achieve also none of these require you to have numbered objectives they don't care yeah it's not like the old maelstrom it's like half your objectives are yeah seize that this particular objective so you don't end up with that weird maelstrom effect where you'd end up running around the table wildly trying to score objectives and not actually like trying to play strategically yeah they all specify no man's land you're objective or your opponent's objective because when you place the markers down you place one in your deployment zone the opponent places one in theirs then all the rest will go in no man's land right but yeah you get two of these two of these decks of objectives <clears throat> and again secondary objectives you can score 45 of your 90 or 45 of your 100 points via secondaries and then the last 10 is your classic battle for or battle ready my army is painted points and then as we mentioned, objective markers, they actually include six punch-out objective markers in the deck box. So, basically, as long as you have your army and the rules to play them, this is everything you need to run a two-player game that will be different every time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's it's no nice. faction-specific objectives. There's no... Um, you know, it, it's it the the missions are simple, but they're they're similar enough. It, it's it's a really good blend between matched play, but Maelstrom, and also not having to go through that that difficulty of what are the right secondary missions to play against this particular <laughs> opponent. Right, this yeah. is for pickup for pickup games. This is fantastic. 
Like, if you're just going to your local store and you just want to get a game in, this is great. But it's still going to be close enough to, like, traditional, like, standard matched play that it's, like, you won't feel like you're playing such a different game than you would be if, like, the difference between, like, a matched play and, say, like, a a crusade or narrative game. Like, it's, it's, it's a really good, it, it... and and they like there was an article on the the Warhammer community page interviewing the team that put these together and apparently it started up started out as something they they built during lockdown cuz they're like what if we redid Maelstrom and they just started putting cards together they said there is the original Maelstrom deck or the original like Tempest of War deck is still there at the office but it's been shuffled nearly to death like the cards are falling <laughs> apart but but it started off as some as something they came that they're just like, well, why don't we try to make a ninth edition version of Maelstrom, but make it play like ninth edition? Um, I, I want to like I I you know full disclosure I have not played a game with these yet. I desperately well, just came want out to. yesterday. <laughs> well, I mean right. we've had a preview copy, but. But it's like, I I definitely want to take this out for a spin because I think this will be a great way to just, like, again, get interesting games in because every time it's going to be a different... Like, even if it's just the same primary mission but with a different deployment map, it's going to play very differently, even with the same two armies playing. It's like, it's it's an... By having the mission-specific rules and the different primary missions... It's it's also a fusion of like the open war decks that they've had in the past, which we've played open war missions yeah, when doing like our uh, like our uh, New Year's event, New Year's get-togethers, and it those were fun. I had a lot of fun playing the open war deck. This is like the best combination of that and the Maelstrom deck. I love this. I absolutely love this product, and it was one that just popped out. Like there was no big fanfare for it. They're just like, oh yeah, by the way, this is a thing now. <laughs> This is the thing we're doing. Uh, I would also argue potentially more balanced than standard tournament play. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> All uh, right. And that takes that takes us to our last bit of news. The most recent bit of news. The bit of news that when it first dropped, we knew not to pay any attention to it because it was dropping on April Fool's Day. And nobody believes anything the Games Workshop releases on April Fool's Day because they've played some April Fool's jokes in the past. Remember the uh, Citadel Guide to Rolling Dice? Right. <laughs> or the... Uh, the uh, Didn't they do one year the uh, the Tau Stealth Seal... Stealth, uh, the Tau yeah, the, Stealth the, Suit the, model the, that was just a yeah. base? It was it was the painting guide for it is oh, how yeah, to the paint it guide. to make it in yeah to make to make them invisible, which I mean right. if you can do is pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, they, they've had other you know other you know good April Fool's jokes, and so like the day before they had released like this little snippet of video the day before April Fool's the little snippet of video like something is coming and it shows like this docking like this computer readout saying like docking in app you know inoperable mm. then docking operated you know like docking engaged and like what is it well, you know, what could it be and like people are like new, new edition of space hulk yeah exactly new edition of right. space hulk yeah. or maybe like i was like um and let you know let it be like battlefleet gothic that would be cool 
<laughs> and then on April 1st, they release the trailer. And the trailer, it's like panning through this uh, a broken Space Hulk with like the remnants of the the imperial navy crew there if i from, i think the uh like the corpse of the the captain of the ship still sitting in his command throne with like a sword through him it's like ooh it could be space hulk could be battlefield or ba- could be battlefleet gothic and then it pans goes back to that like docking operative screen and then the door opens up and it pans down <laughs> And there's a dwarf there in a spacesuit going, ah, did I miss anything? And we're like, oh, you bastards. Oh, you absolute <laughs> bastards. A squats joke for, for, for April 1st. Okay, that good. Good on you. That's a, that's a great one. Um, huge production values, but still very tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> Love it. Very, very, very current Games Workshop. And, and I think we were all like, okay, that that was fun. We we had our we had our laugh. We're all good. And then the next day, yesterday, in fact, as as we were recording this, the they sent out. Well, first off, to those of us who are in the uh, the content creator community, they sent out an email and said, "Oh, you thought we were joking." And then they <laughs> yeah. released the post on Warhammer Community. It's like, what what's an April Fool's joke? Not we're not joking. We're actually releasing. We're actually doing this. This is happening. Yeah. And so yes. Dennis, they, they've called my bluff. They, they called your bluff. <laughs> you said if they ever re- if they ever announced a squats yep. army, yep. that you would that would be your next army. Yeah, and so here we are. League of Votan. although the League of Leagues of Votan. Although in your defense, you did point out that they aren't <laughs> technically called squats. Other people yes. call them squats. That's not right. what they call themselves. So, so to your point, yeah, that's not what they call themselves, but they're still referred to it by by the, the lesser races. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm actually sad that, that Games Workshop called my bluff on this, but I am kind of thrilled because I, we're, we're getting a new faction that Looks pretty darn cool from what I when I saw the previews yeah. of the models, and it got kind of me thinking of what what would a release be like? Would it be because I mean the only really new I use my air quotes thing army recently has been custodes because even Harlequins kind of already had some existing models, Gene Steelers had existing models. Um, what Death Guard and Thousand Sons? Uh, Mechanicus Ad- was a pretty big yeah. Admech's the only Mechanicus. one I can think of that would be similar. Yeah, so we got pretty much Custodes and Mechanicus to kind of guesstimate on how they'll do the initial release, and I'll hope it's more of a Custodes than a Mechanicus where the, everything comes out piecemeal. Uh, but I, I don't. <laughs> but I don't think it'll be like major. I think it'll probably just be like. Here's your troop unit. Here's a couple elite units. Here's a fast. Here's a heavy. Maybe a transport. A named HQ and a normal like HQ that you could build from any mm-hmm. of the other boxes. Kind of very similar to how the custodes were. But I really, really hope they get a Lord of War, like a knight-like Lord of War that can go toe to toe with an Imperial Knight or a Wraith Knight or something like that. Because that's just battle in trade. my mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to dig releasing a battle train for Necromunda, so 
Okay. <laughs> I, I wanted because I'm like I'm digging into the class the the past like the second edition squats here. I, I do want bikers, yes. Yeah, the, on, on like the big trikes. The trikers are fine too. But it seems to be, I don't know if they'll go into the steampunkiness, because they seem to hint that these guys are going to be very technologically focused. Yeah, yeah. They're they're doing this in a way that's making them less jokey. Yes. And that's, and that's fine. Like, this is a more serious one. I, I think Admech is probably the better the better like guide here than custodes because I do think this is probably going to be more along the lines of Admech where it's like they partner with the Imperium. They're related to the Imperium, but they do their own things. They have their own weapons. They have their own military makeup. So they'll be similar in some ways, but they'll have their own units, their own things. And, and I, I really expect they're going to roll it out similar to how they rolled out Admech where you'll probably get a start collecting box. You'll probably get a kill team. And, you know, and and a codex that has, you know, like one or two HQs, one or two troops, one or two elites, and then that'll be it. And then they build it up over time. And because it took it, them they, years they to build have up heavy, to where they're at. They got to have well, heavy sure, and sure. they got to have a Lord of War. That's, that's all I'm saying. Well, Admech yeah. doesn't have a Lord of War. A lot of yeah, armies do. don't have Lords of War. Well, these guys yeah, specifically, I feel like they need it. Right. I just, don't disagree that the, the, they should have something. And, and it depends on, like, where they're going to go with this. Like, Because obviously, like, aesthetically, they're leaning very much into these guys being very high tech. Because they even talk yes, about yes. how they have tech that the, the Imperium would consider heretical, which take, makes me think they've got robots. Because that's, like, yes, one yes. of the most heretical things you can do. So... Uh, and they've never given up the technology from like before the dark age, you know, before the age of yeah. strife. So, so we're going to see, I, I like the leagues of Votan, like with, with like men of iron going with them would, could be yep. really cool looking. Um, so they could have, and it also depends again, how much they want to dig into the, the old second edition squat lore of like, will they have like termites and land trains or are they kind of getting away from that? Like, how much are they going to lean into the dwarf aesthetic, and how much are they going to lean into the high tech abhuman aesthetic both? of this? Yeah, yeah, and they could get, they they could definitely you know borrow both. The only really silly thing I can think of off the top of my head, I know they won't do, but what if they had like a fast, like you put two fast, two heavies in an HQ models, and then during the game Voltron you just like spend together. command points and Voltron them together and bring it out as a Lord of War. <laughs> <laughs> where the the heavies are the the base the fly the faster the arms and the torso head is the hq i i'm <laughs> curious to see like how how much these guys are going to borrow from like caradron overlords aesthetically yeah from, yeah uh, just, they, they, possibly without it quite as many balloons yeah because i mean that's the first thought is i loved the balloon aesthetic um, I think they probably will draw on from them for inspiration, but tech tech it up a bunch. Oh yeah. So probably no no floating balloons and no um, vehicles. Oh, the vehicles with the balloons. That that was the army that could have got me into Sigmar, but didn't because <laughs> I'm not playing Sigmar. Um, but yeah, no, th- this is all in all really cool. Um, 
excited to see previews, but I'm not as happy as when we talked to like, oh, well, it'll be the end of the year, probably November, December. That'll be cool. I have time to save up for a brand new army because I'm sorry. Getting all these Eldar models has really kind of hurt the pocketbook a little bit. <laughs> um, and so getting a whole new army is going to be a bit like, yeah, so I need time to save. So I'm glad that they announced it now. Yeah, uh, so- they, they say that. It's coming later this year, but there's so- a solid few months to go before we get a good look at the advance force. So, but as yeah, I think we're you're talking. We go through the last four codexes. That puts them more in the September October range. I could see that. Yeah, uh, I'd well, rather be so later. <laughs> my my guidepost for this, and granted, it's not exactly one to one because they're they're you know clearly further along, but. When they were redesigning sisters and moving them to plastic, you know, they, they were up front and they're like, hey, we're going to let you in on the whole experience. We're going to let you in the whole process. And that was a good solid year. Yes. To yes. go from, you know, designing and plastic producing. I, it, they're further along than that with, with this army, yeah. clearly. But I don't know how much further along there are. So, like, it's, we know that it takes, that there's a lead up time to go, you know, to produce these models and produce the armies and write the rules and stuff. So I, I just, I really wouldn't expect it until the end of the year. I just, I, I just, I'm just not going to expect it. And so if they release it sooner, that's great. That means they've been working on it in the background, but I just don't expect it'll be until, until December. Like this will be the big year end release in my opinion. Should I say something I, else I, stupid? I, what's that? Well, if it comes out in time for oh, I shouldn't say that, but I'll say it anyway. Who cares? If it comes out in time for Renegade, uh, I can try and put together a, a Legions of Votan army for Renegade. <laughs> I watch it come out like two weeks right before, and I'm scrambling. Ah, no. <laughs> I think if it comes out that close, they won't allow it. But good, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm. I think I could see September, October. I could also see being like the the November release. Yeah, for them and. Because that would basically that could give them, yeah, you know, they're they're going to be work updating Sigmar battle tomes. That you know, that, so I I imagine what we're going to see for this year is first half of twenty twenty two is going to be finishing up for uh, the existing stuff for forty k, getting those last few codexes out and update. You know, get everybody up to the same point by summer, and then everybody's codexes will be be out that means july is when the second season of 40k drops because knockman will be done oh that's right knockman's six months long july to december will be season two okay and but everybody's updated then um Mm -hmm. july through maybe october is going to be horse heresy let's get horse heresy like we, we drop the main the main game in july the, we get we start releasing plastics. We release a lot of plastics over, you know, over that three to four month period. Basically, Q three of twenty two of twenty twenty two is horse heresy is our main focus. Forty k we release some campaign stuff, maybe a model kit or two here just to, you know, update yeah. some stuff. The kill that, team box, like maybe because like, they said they're going to release those once a quarter. Right, so like kill t- like kill team would fall under that like quarterly like that tier three mm-hmm. quarterly game that I've been kind of was discussing earlier, and so um, maybe that's the other thing like maybe Q four we get leagues of Votan and maybe they do a leagues of Votan kill team 
box like there to be that, a kill team. That would be mm-hmm. a huge release right there. Um, and I expect that to be a unit inside the book. Oh, most likely. And hopefully it'll be better than the Corsairs. Just saying. Um, but Corsairs uh, look really cool, though. They look cool. <laughs> the rules suck, but they look cool. But, uh, yeah, I could see this being, like, a, a late Q4 release. Uh, you know, they said, like, it's going to be a few months before we even get a look at their advanced right. stuff. So, which means, yeah, I would imagine don't... They'll they'll tease us with a few more things, but no big news until like maybe August. Once no, the... they just they just had to get this on April first so they could do the reverse April first troll. Yeah, which exactly. <laughs> that's I, brilliant marketing, absolutely fantastic because it got everybody talking. It, like every yeah. it just exploded. So, um, well done, Games Workshop for playing everybody twice. Yeah, tip that, my hat to you. You'll get my money later. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Dennis, if it's a late 2022, it's your New Year New Army 2023. Okay. Exactly. Even though I'm going to like prep it to play it at Renegade? It'll be, no, New Year New Army Fiscal 2023, oh, which actually okay. starts in 2022. <laughs> right, Kevin? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, we don't, yeah, we don't know when the fiscal year starts. You, you can, okay. you've got, yeah. <laughs> Date, dates are just timey wibby wibbly wobblies exactly <laughs> pretty okay. much it doesn't yeah. mean anything okay so so yeah that is that is our our news overview um so that that's that that that's been there's been a lot a lot has happened in the last two weeks and it uh so we wanted to spend time to cover that uh also i was really sick this last week so we were not able to record so uh this is our way to also help catch up and stay on schedule yes um You'll notice that there is a lack of a listener mail section. That is because we have a lack of listener mail. We have emptied the the hopper. There is nothing. There is just the abyss. And we need you to fill that abyss with your letters. And if you want to write a letter to us, tell us what you think about the squats announcement. Tell you what. Tell us what you think about um, the current balance issues. Uh, tell us what you think about uh, the new Chaos Knights command. Tell us what you think about anything. And there's three easy ways to tell us. First off, you can email us. You can email us at our first names at preferredenemies.com. So Rob at Kevin at Dennis at Richard at preferredenemies.com or also at our first names at preferredenemies.com. Second is Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash preferredenemies. You can like us there, follow us. We post uh, our reaction to things such as our reaction to this release when I said squats are back, squats are back. This is not a drill. Dennis, pick up the white courtesy phone. I did. He would... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, third is on Twitter. We are twitter.com slash preferred enemy, where I think the way you phrased it, Kevin, was holy shit, they actually <clears throat> did it. <laughs> right. Those crazy <laughs> bastards, they actually did it. <laughs> 20 years in the making. <laughs> so uh, you can you can follow us and <clears throat> message us on all three of those, uh, those sites uh, and all three of those methods. Uh, we take those letters, collate them together, get them through as many as we can in an episode and as i said right now it's wide open tell it fill our hopper with your mail bring it unto us uh we we are lazy and we need content ideas (laughs) (laughs) and uh, that or five more codexes (laughs) oh no no we so i'm just gonna put this out there we are retooling how we look at codexes for these last several because I, I can't do this five the 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 downside of our, our previous format is it is a lot is a lot to get through is a lot to edit 
and it is very easy for us to miss, miss some small detail or other <laughs> yeah. that ends up making a huge difference. So we're going to yeah, try to sure. retool that a bit. We are currently brainstorming how, how we're going to approach our uh, the next two codexes, which um, would be and uh, but we can't tell you about those yet. But uh, uh, in addition, if you want to help support the show, uh, you can do that by go by joining our Patreon. We are patreon.com slash preferred enemies. Now, if you have the funds to be able to support us, we ask that you first, as always, use your wargaming powers for awesome and find ways to uh, use those resources to help people in your community or in the greater world. Uh, but if after doing that, you still want to help support the show, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash preferred enemies. And it's basically an online tip jar. We don't lock any of our episodes behind a paywall, but uh, we do use those funds to help pay for our hosting, our recording service, microphones, which if you'll notice that Dennis sounds a bit different this episode, that is because his Yeti has apparently died. Uh, it we're gonna did try not die. To- we just need to troubleshoot it we didn't want to spend a half hour doing that before we started <laughs> fair enough fair enough <laughs> but uh it does help replace microphones that go bad so your funds actually do help provide tangible benefits to us recording the show also it will help with uh the traveling we're going to be starting to do again in 2022 uh, as we attend more events uh so if you want to help do that even if it's just a dollar a month enough people put in a dollar it really does help out um, there is one other thing that we do want to talk about that is related to us before we get to hobby progress and the morale phase. We want to talk about Midwest Conquest 2022. Uh, yes, now, I'll be there. As we have mentioned before, we are not directly running this event. This event is going to be run by the Heroic Morale 40K Club. Uh, we are we are kind of handing off the reins to them for, for this coming year, but... Uh, Spots are definitely still available. We'd like to see how many we can fill up because we are not quite to that uh, that major level we want it. We want that event to be at because even though we aren't running it, we are definitely wanting to help support it. Well, and Kevin, you are running the friendly, right? Yeah. So I am. Yeah, I am running the friendly event. So there are definitely spots open for that if you are interested in playing. You know, five games in a weekend, but playing in a more low key environment, and you know, just. Having a you know opportunity to come and and show off your cool army, uh, roll some dice, but not have to worry about getting curb stomped by Harlequins, for example. Um, well, and Kevin, there's one other benefit: <laughs> they could play me. They could also play you, which you know take that how you will. Because um, <laughs> I've signed up for the friendly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now the the friendly event, like you know, when we did it, it lasted it in 2019. The friendly event was a huge success, um, and I really want to continue that style of play um, because I do think it encourages people to come out that aren't maybe the most competitive players or don't want to deal with the competitive part of it. You know, maybe they just have a really cool army they want to show off or they want to meet people and and play games. Um, so I, I do think that that is the friendly is a really cool way to go in and do that. Um, Rules the the event pack for the friendly uh, will be posted here shortly within the next couple of days on the website and on the Facebook page. But email me with any questions, any comments, concerns. Like you know, we're I'm running it very kind of loose. So like, if people want to do prox, you know, conversions or 3D printed, you know, upgrades and stuff like that. Like this is the event where it's like, no, I've got this really cool army and I want to show it off, but maybe I wouldn't be able to play it in a competitive, you know, hardcore competitive event. Yeah, like this is where you can do conversions and create a cool army and and show it off and get to play with some cool people. 
Yeah, and the the friendly, like, I've had a blast playing in the friendly, I think, two years at, like, the two years I've attended at LVO, mm-hmm. I the the friendly there was a fantastic event. Um, our friendly last year, we were really happy with how that turned out, so we'd like that to continue. Um, in addition, there's also, obviously, the GT, the big competitive event, yep. which, um, if you do want to throw in with the, the Harlequins and Custodes of the yep. world, and hopefully by then, that won't be quite such an issue, but uh, <laughs> but uh, if you if you want to see who, who can be the best, um, the, there will be a GT. Uh, in addition, um, there's always the Night Joust. Uh, Night Joust has been a perennial favorite at Midwest Conquest and at many other events. It is a fantastic, always fun event. Um, and if you don't even have a knight, I will be bringing several. So right. uh, knights <laughs> will be made available for some people. You know, if you want to get in, but you don't have a knight, we'll have knights. We might, who knows, there might even be chaos knights. Ooh. I can bring some knights. So so there will there will be knights to play at the knight draft if you don't have your own knight. And finally, for the first year ever, <laughs> Beer Hammer on Friday night. Uh, we are actually at a new location. Uh, we are at the Stony yep. Creek Convention Center in Independence. And so uh, one of the benefits of that location is we actually have access to an open bar. And so uh, the so Friday night will be Beer Hammer. There will be special missions. Uh, and it's just, again, if you want that just low-key, casual, you're getting in Friday and you want to be able to like throw, down, throw back a couple of drinks and play some just silly, fun 40K games... Uh, that's going to be the perfect opportunity to do so. Um, it, we do ask that everyone attending be 21 or over. Even if you don't drink, there will be alcohol on the premises. So we, we do have to keep that limited to people of drinking age. But other than that one caveat, it's going to be a total fun free for all. Boozy yeah. fun for 40K. <laughs> <laughs> the, we do have a special room rate for the Stony Creek uh, Hotel that we're at this year. That room rate is only available through April 26th. So um, go to the Midwest Conquest website. There's a link for location, and it takes you to the link to get the hotel uh, at the special con rate. Uh, but that is only available through the end of April. Yes, so get that ASAP. So as a, by the time you hear this, you'll probably have about three weeks to uh, get your get the room rate for the Stony Creek. And the hotel is, and convention center are in one space, so you'll be able to go from your room to the uh, event hall. We will have vendors on site. Uh, so um, there, if you need any gaming gear or uh, just want to see what is available, we will have vendors available vendors there also we'll be very close to the uh, warhammer store which will be holding its uh anniversary that weekend as well so uh you know right right in the heart of uh independence this puts you right next to like all the big shopping areas so there'll be plenty of places to eat places to uh shop if you've got family who are coming with you there's there's the mall the movie theater there's a lot of stuff to do in this area so um plenty of opportunity to to visit and enjoy the area it's right at the intersections of uh I-70 and 291 in uh, Independence, so really easy to get to as well. We're, we're excited to ha- be at this new space where we've got a yeah. lot more control about what we can do, and I say we as the event staff in general, because while I am not running any events, I am still helping contribute uh, to the event itself, and again, Kevin is actually running the, the friendly as well. So yeah. that is going to be Memorial Day weekend, May 27th through 29th 
at the Stony Creek Hotel in Independence, Missouri. All the details are on the website, which is MidwestConquest.com. You can register there, uh, and that all, or you can register through Best. Uh, best Coast pairings. There's the 40k tournament, the 40k fr- the 40k grand tournament, the 40k friendly tournament, the night just the beer hammer. Also, there's a bolt action event. If you are interested yep. in World War II action, we there will be a bolt action event as well. We are hoping that if this year goes well, we can expand upon that and maybe have Age of Sigmar as well. Maybe add Kill Team. Um, who knows? Maybe a Horse Heresy event for 2023. Right? If <laughs> our if our guess of timeline pans out. So and 2023 uh, Midwest Conquest is also going to be part of the official KC Cup as more and more independent like tournament circuits are being put together. Uh, The event is a member of the Lord Marshall Conference, I believe. Yes, it is part of the 2022 Lord Marshall. Uh, But yeah, starting in uh, August of 2022 uh, with the KC Summer Slaughter uh, in August. There'll be the KC Cup Series, which is being kind of put together and organized by Nathan Martin uh, from the Show Me Showdown. But we're basically doing an independent tournament circuit in the Kansas City area. So KC Summer Slaughter, the New Year's Knockout, Planet um, Arcase Arcanite Arcanite Gosh, I, Arcanite. Okay, Planet Arcanite. Gosh, I, Planet Arcanite. I looked at it. I'm like, that's I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, Planet Arcanite, <laughs> uh, Midwest Conquest, and then Show Me Showdown is the final event for 2023. Um, so five big events in the Kansas City area to kind of find out who the best best local 40k player is. Right. So, um, so that again, that cycle starts after 2022's Midwest Conquest, but 2022 will be part of the is officially part of the Lord Marshall's Conference. And obviously, it's an ITC event as well. So get here uh, in May, get here for Memorial Day weekend. I do know it's like the week right before Bug Eater. Uh, as events are popping up, this is just, you know, everybody's coming back out. You know, it's like, you know, events are being held and so far everything's gone well. I haven't heard of any big COVID outbreaks from events, so that's good yeah. news. The one last thing that I wanted to mention uh, about Midwest Conquest. So every year we have a big initiative where we try to raise, since we are on Memorial Day weekend, we try to uh, raise money for uh, veterans charities to help use our Wargaming powers for good. So this year we actually have two charities that we're going to be supporting. Uh, One of them, the first one is the Veterans Community Project, which is a local Kansas City and Midwest based uh, program to build houses for uh, veterans uh, that are that are unhoused, trying to build different communities in Kansas City, St. Louis, Sioux Falls, Oklahoma City, and just you know providing cheap, affordable housing for returning veterans uh, that need it. We've posted some pictures of the Black Templars Army that we are painting up and raffling off for that event uh, for that uh, raffle. You do have to be on site to win the raffle, but we have a link as well to donate um, if you are interested in supporting the charity, but unable to attend the event. Um, so we, you know, and that's always been a big part of Midwest conquest and we really want to continue that. Uh, the other army that we're doing this year for uh, raffle is we have a dark angels army that we are raffling off uh, as in support of our friend, Tim, who um, is going through his own, health issues right now uh we donated most of the dark angels army uh and that's being painted up by by rob um and then that's going to be kind of our second raffle army to raise money for specifically for the ku cancer center ku cancer center okay yeah so so yeah a little bit of a little bit of back backstory on this is tim tim's actually been on like the episodes are no longer online um it's like 
old old episodes but back in like episodes like seven eight nine he was on the show <laughs> uh tim was our local like the dark angels player in our our, our local group um and he's somebody who who did who kind of got priced out of the game after a point and you know retired but uh Back in the lead up to Midwest Conquest 2020, which obviously got canceled because of the the COVID pandemic, he had donated his unpainted Dark Angels to us to eventually build and use as the raffle army for that event. And unfortunately, it the event got canceled before it really got started working on the army, and so it just sat in a in a box for uh, for a couple of years. And then in the last year. Tim has been diagnosed with a form of thyroid cancer that only about 40 cases in the world have ever been recorded. It took a while for his oncologist to figure out what he had. Uh, but because of the support he's gotten at the uh, the KU Cancer Center here in Kansas City, he has started making an incredible recovery. Um, yeah. This was a very aggressive form of cancer, and they jumped as one as soon as they could figure out a proper way to treat it. They jumped on it, and it's been very, very good uh, so far. And now, obviously, there's a lot of you know he's been dealing with chemo and radiation and all the side effects that come along with that. But we wanted to throw our support to the KU Cancer Center because they've been helping him and people like him get through stuff like this. And so I felt it was the the best thing we could do is to get that army out of storage, give it a few upgrades. Um, I've been basically like, this is my hobby progress. I'm, I'm just going to skip my progress, my ass part of hobby progress. My hobby progress has been completing the build of th- over 3,000 points worth of Dark Angels from all three branches of the Dark Angels. There is a... Deathwing detachment. There is a Ravenwing detachment, and there is a Greenwing detachment uh, with a number of named characters. Uh, there is a. I have kitbashed a Belial. There is an Azrael equivalent, complete with a Watcher in the Dark. Um, we've added a few Primaris units to this to to bring it up to a little bit more of a current standard. But there's still plenty of the the classic. Like we've got a unit of like the classic hooded Dark Dark Angel models. Um, we've got like a couple of different varieties of Ravenwing bikers. Uh, we, we we even have a like the Ravenwing uh, standard bearer that came. Like I found one like at LVO like two <laughs> years ago, and, and it's just like this is perfect for this. And now and now it gets to be part of this army, and so I'm excited to be to like I've finished building it. I'm going to be priming and beginning on painting this this week, and. I'm I'm so excited to be able to use this as an opportunity to like give to but give back to the person who provided this army to us in some way right. <laughs> and to people going through the same kind of thing. So yeah, it's but I also that's why we're doing two charities because we also have always wanted to help support veterans on you know with the event being on or around uh, Memorial Day weekend, uh, it's been important for us to to give back in that way as well. So that is why we are we are supporting two uh, two raffles. Both of these armies, I'm hoping, will be very like the the work I've seen so far on the Black Templars army, which I am not current, I'm mm-hmm. not painting, looks absolutely beautiful. Like that is going to be a, like a little bit of a Blanchitsu vibe, which I think is really cool. Um, yeah, and kind of kind of bringing home the old uh the like that old uh 
codex artwork, like the third edition uh, Warhammer 40k cover art look to the to this army. So that for for the the veteran housing charity is very you know that is super cool, and and I, and I hope that one does equally as well. So um, and that is going to also be a very like a fleshed out like all the new stuff Black Templar army. Uh, and yep. then this is going to be a mix of like old and new for Dark Angels. So yeah, both of those uh, will be available. Raffle tickets will be available. Uh, you do have to be like Kevin said, present to win the raffle. But we will have links to donate to both of those causes if for some reason you're unable to attend, uh, but you want to help support either of those causes. Uh, we definitely want to ha- have your support for those. And what last year or the last Midwest conquest. We had two raffle armies up and raised something like what? Gosh, thirty two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, I believe. Yeah, I believe that was correct. It was over. It was over three thousand. Yeah. Um. And but yeah, like again, just amazing support. And you know, we we really you know are honored that we're able to to make that part of the event. Um. And that's definitely something that we want to continue. And like I said, this this year, uh, especially both of these are. Uh, are very you know very close to home uh, for us. So we we really want we really want people to, to to be able to support it. So yeah, so come out, get some games in, meet your friends from all around the Midwest, get some games in, maybe buy some raffle tickets, maybe come home with an army you didn't leave you didn't arrive with. Hopefully one that you got from us. Don't steal anybody's armies. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't don't, don't. Do I, that, yeah. I see it. Don't do it. Don't don't. Okay. All right. But yeah, um, but yeah. Go to midwestconquest.com uh, for all the details. And as we get as more stuff comes in, we'll have more more things posted to that site. Uh, but yeah, we should have all the event rules that you're looking for and information on these raffle armies on that on the site as well. And as I said, I'm skipping my hobby progress because that was my hobby progress. I have built three thousand points of dark angels in the last two weeks. Well, in some cases, building, in some cases, like rebasing everything to so like everybody's on thirty-two mil bases or forty mils for terminators. Um, clean doing like some of these models are years old, so I was doing like cleanup, <laughs> um, stripped a couple of metal models, uh, just you know getting getting everything ready for for a clean state clean slate of uh priming and then painting so for me mostly what i've been working on is building terrain for the friendly um there was the uh orc terrain that came in the um orc commandos uh death corps of krieg uh kill team box so i had two of the i had the train from two of those sets and then um i went ahead and picked up they released the box of terrain that was just it by itself. So between that, I have enough of that orc terrain to basically do two full tables. So for the friendly, like we're going to have like two orc themed tables on top of the, uh, in the past, like our 3d printed a bunch of like Necron terrain to make theme tables for those. So yeah, I'm working on getting that, um, getting that, fi- you know, finished painted and, and ready to go for the event, uh, as well as, you know, things like finishing the event pack and, you know, working on on getting everything ready for the uh, for the friendly so that's really been my hobby progress okay i guess for me you guys might have heard that the eldari had some new models come out yeah <laughs> mm. i've got my 10 that's rangers. new to me i hadn't heard that yeah i know well i'm letting you know now <laughs> now you know um 10 rangers put together primed the thing i really liked about them is 
all ten of them are different poses. So you, each one of the five in the box has two variants you can poses you can do. So I have ten distinct rangers, which I thought was pretty cool. The shroud runners, so I got six of them all primed, ready to get painted. Uh, I've gone ahead and primed a bunch of my wraith guard that were not wraith guard wraith blades that were not primed. Um, primed a war a wraith lord. Dark Reapers were together and Mugen Ra's together. And Mugen Ra is amazing comparing his new model to his old model. Well, just in general, <laughs> the new model is good, but especially comparing to the old model. And so I've got Dark Reapers and him put together and primed. Um, bought the Avatar yesterday. It's already put together, so today I'm going to prime it. Um, Shining Spears I picked up yesterday. They are not put together. And I still have to put together um, the Guardian Defenders and the Storm Guardians. And they got 20 of each of those to put together still. So that's going to be my goal for the next two weeks. Or I guess all oh, next week until we record next. I won't get them all done before then. But I'm still <laughs> going to be working on more Eldar because, oh my gosh, there's so much Eldar that hit. And even though, like, looking at the Guardians, they look only slightly different. But the bigger base sizes are nice. And unfortunately... um when I got out some of my older models, especially like the Guardians and whatnot, it was like, oh, yeah. Um, so I kind of, as you mentioned, Clean Slate, want to paint the new Guardians to have my own Clean Slate. Um, because I've realized comparing them, especially to like the Sisters of Battle, which is my most recent one, it's like night and day how. So I, I kind of have proof that I've improved as a painter, as much as I, I say I'm not much of a painter. Uh, <laughs> So I want them to look better. I don't know that I'll get to like the level of all the details and highlighting that people show online, but at least better than I did like eight to ten years ago. <laughs> Since nice. Eldar was my very first army, and I mean, it shows. So yes, lots and lots of Eldar. Lots of Eldar. Lot, well, I mean, you're back in your element, basically. I really am. And I mean, remember how this year I was like, oh, yeah, nice. I'm gonna, and I was like big on that. And uh, yeah, Eldar has trumped them, even though I am. <laughs> this, this is my first love for an army. So it's, it's showing. It's like you're back home. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it helps oh, with the models by the look way, so cool. We... We have our announcement of what is going up for pre-order next week. It's Nids. Oh, yeah. oh, Dear Nids be more Eldar. Dear Nids. You don't wish that. You don't need that for <laughs> I mean, I could use some new, like, striking scorpions and, like, fire uh, dragons. Okay, yeah, fair. And, um, I, that's, that's the kind of thing I think we're going to see as those supplemental releases after all the codexes are out. But before I mean, we get leaves, oh wait, yeah. First, they have to nerf Baharoth and the Swooping Hawk. Then they'll put out new models for them. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not wrong, probably. Uh, but yeah, Nids, Nids Codex, Parasite of Mortrex, the Combat Patrol with all the Griblies in it, and like the dice and data cards are all available next week, along with some ancient made to order like metal captains which really didn't yeah. need to be remade because they're they just don't don't look good they're clearing out stock i'm sure that's all that is <laughs> no these are made to order they're not even clearing out uh, stock yeah. they're making new stock based on what people <laughs> ask for so well i don't know because um when when i ordered the the they did the ethereals the the made to order ethereals a couple weeks back and uh 
I ordered three of them, and two of them came, like, two days later. Like, I ordered them on Saturday, and they were delivered by, like, Monday. Uh, and then the well, other you don't one think took, they can. Like, you don't think they can pour metal, let it cool, and repackage it and ship it that quickly? No. Not at all. Okay. <laughs> it could, so, it could be so I'm sure a little some of it's Yeah, I can see that. I <laughs> and mean, then, like, the third one came, like, a couple weeks later. <laughs> Harlequins got that update recently since you couldn't buy them. They said, oh, we'll, we'll make to order metal Harlequins. Mm-hmm. But yes, these right, are, are, you, are, are you saying it was all ancient. a lie, a dirty, dirty lie? <laughs> no, Oof. it was half truth. Because they did make some to order when they got when they sold out of their overstock. When they ran out, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair. So basically, we're clearing out stock. But <laughs> I look at these six captains and I'm like, you know, one of the things that I've been kind of doing is like, oh, for my Death Watch, I should buy all the character models and like, you know, convert them to Death Watch. And I'm like, I could try to. No, these aren't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> like these are not these worth are it. Bad. Like mm, yeah. mm, no, well, that's too much work. <laughs> and then those guys are all HQ slots, right? They're all captains. Yeah. So well, I mean, what, but with Death Watch, you could just convert them and like true. The guy with but the what I, I was thinking guy. of is like <laughs> like for the Dallas Open, I'm planning. I'm shooting to go to the narrative on how they structure that is. You build one battalion, and then you can pull whatever you want from that based on the mission, like the point, or because they're using power oh, levels yeah. for it. Well, that limits you. You can only ever take three HQ, period. Yeah. So I was thinking, man, if those, because Eldar, that really hurts because I like my HQs. But no, that made me I'm, think if you have so many captains, it's like, oh, well, which three do I take? Yeah. I, I'm looking at the uh, Blood Angels captain that they have of, of these six and look, uh, like, doing the zoom in and looking at all the fine details they did to, like, put little reflective lines on, like, the gold panels on his armor and things like that. I'm like, looking at it, like, this model did not rate that level of detail. No, <laughs> you do not need to put that much work into this model. Yeah. Model design has come a long ways in the, in the it years. Really since came out. It really has. It really, really has. So, uh, but anyway, so that takes us to the morale phase, and I thought I would discuss something that has been airing on television and actually just finished its first season, and that is Our Flag Means Death. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Kevin's so, heard of it, then, uh, at least. <laughs> I've heard of it. I've not watched it yet, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. I don't watch TV, okay, so. <laughs> so. So this is on HBO Max. Uh, Our Flag Means, Means Death is a new show... Um, where I think Taika Waititi is one of the executive producers and is also in the show. Right. And it is a, it is a pirate story about a man named Steed Bonnet who has given up being landed gentry. He was independently wealthy based on like family largesse and he was horribly bored and decided that he wanted to be a pirate. And so he had a ship built and set off to sea, leaving his family behind. And he is the worst pirate ever because he is no good at doing any of the things that are required for piracy. Now, here's the fun part. This is a true story. Yes. Oh my. This, yeah. this is based on a true story, a thing that actually happened. And the, the golden age of piracy of, was insane. <laughs> yes, it absolutely was. Also, historically, Steed Bonnet ended up joining forces with uh, with Blackbeard of all people and forming a pi- like a a joint pirate crew with him. This also historically happened and is the main story of the show. Also, Taika Waititi is playing Blackbeard. 
it yeah, is fantastic. <laughs> it it is it is everything you would hope that would be. It is I've seen it described as what we do in the shadows but with pirates and that is not mm-hmm. inaccurate. It is a, it is a lot of fun. It is a it is a very funny story. It is a very sweet story. It's like a very gentle sweet story, although there are also plenty of people that die because piracy. Right. <laughs> but no, it's it is fantastic. I don't want it's like I can't gush too much about it because I will end up spoiling aspects of it. But like the first couple of episodes, like the first couple of episodes will re- give you a really good hint of where it where it's starting to go, but it will go there, it will throw you for loops, and it definitely is set up perfectly for a second season. I will say that much. So there is going to be more Our Flag Means Death. Good. And again, Taika Waititi is excellent in everything he works on. I haven't seen... I honestly have not seen a bad Taika Waititi. Now, I think he only directs, like, the... He directed the pilot of this show, and he stars in it and produces it, but he's not, like, the main showrunner. But, like, Mm -hmm. every project he has been involved with has been fantastic. So... Yeah. Um... I mean, even like the bit of the bit he was in the Mandalorian, where he's playing the assassin droid, and the episodes he's directed there have, were also fantastic. So, and obviously he's got you know he did Thor Ragnarok, he's got Thor Love and Thunder coming out. I think what later this year, like this November, or yeah, so? uh, summer, I believe. Oh, did uh, they like move it up to June summer? or July? Yeah, because I be- I believe, and I, I could be wrong, but um. Let me check right now. They've shifted everything around. Yeah, July 8th is the target date right now. Because it's going to come out after Multiverse of Madness. Okay. So, okay. So, yeah. But I'm looking forward to that because Ragnarok was fantastic. And this looks to be, mm-hmm. you know, in that same same absolutely gonzo vein. But it's like, I, like we've actually been catching up with some of his other stuff. There's a, there's a movie he did, like, one early in his career called Boy, which is really good. Uh, and it's all oh, set seen that one. in... Okay. Yeah, that one's set in New Zealand, and it's about a kid whose dad, who is played by Taika Waititi, uh, and it's set in, like, the early to mid-80s, but his dad goes to, like, went to prison for being, because his dad's basically, like, a petty criminal, and then his dad comes back home, and it kind of upends the household and and how he deals with all that that going on. That one was really good. Jojo Rabbit is a fantastic movie. Yeah. Uh, have it's it is it is a, like the epitome of a black comedy because it is very funny oh, but yeah. it's also very heavy. It, it does not it, it does not pull its, its punches. <laughs> no, it does not. No, Jojo Rabbit's great. Uh, the what we do in the shadows, the film, like and the TV series are also great. But the film's great. Hunt for the Wilder People is fun. Like he makes good movies. Like and he's somebody who absolutely loves film as well. It's like he's. Yeah. He he has fun doing movies, but he's also a student of film and filmmaking, and so it comes through in the quality of what he does. Um, so, like anything by like I said, anything any Taika Waititi project is going to be good. I mean, hell, Free Guy was a lot of fun, and he just plays the villain. That's in true, that. yeah, and he's just in it, yeah, <laughs> and he's just in it, and he's still he's still fun. And even if he's, and you know what, I would say even when Taika Waititi is phoning it in, he's still Taika Waititi, and it's still great yeah but free guy was also a lot of fun too so that it was it was a fun sweet movie as well uh but no uh 
no, our, our flag means death is really good. Highly recommended. And uh, yeah, if you if you like pirate stories at all or unlikely buddy comedies, it's really good <laughs> and, and highly recommended. So check it out. And that brings us to the end of this news-filled episode. This was episode 256, episode 257. Well, I guess it's Nids. Maybe we'll... <laughs> and hopefully Richard will be back. Hopefully he'll be back next episode. We can talk about Nids and uh, what they will be getting in their new codex. Uh, but until then, from all of us here at Preferred Enemies, I'm your host, Rob. Kevin. And Dennis. Good night, good gaming, and... God damn, they actually did it. They actually pulled it off. Good night. Preferred Enemies is an Undergopher Radio production and is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. Our theme music is Metal Slug 2 Super Vehicle 001-2, No Need to Reload, originally by Takushi Hayamuda and remixed by Roataka, courtesy of OC Remix. It can be found at ocremix.com. Miniatures. We build them, we paint them, we love them. That's why we also want to get them to the battle and back again safely. And that's where Kara Multicase comes in. They offer a complete model storage and transport system. They offer a wide selection of core trays for standard size miniatures, as well as custom cut trays for specific models. KR's trays are made of a soft foam, available in a variety of colors that won't scratch or snag your models. And to protect the foam, the trays are carried in easily stackable, swappable cardboard cases. They also offer a full range of Kaiser bags, backpacks, and aluminum cases for transporting your KR cases. You can even choose from pre-built tray selections to suit your army, or use the Autofill app to find just the right trays for your particular force. Whatever your game, 40K, X-Wing, Warm Hordes, or Historicals, KR Multicase has the cases to fit your needs. You can find out more at krmulticase.com. KR Multicase, soft foam for your figures, hard cases for the soft foam. Are you tired of playing on a boring battlefield? Do you want to step up the quality of your gaming table and make your battle look real? Then you need to check out the battle mats from GameMat. Their professionally designed rubber-based mats are just what your gaming table needs. Available in a variety of styles, with everything from rolling grasslands to urban war zones, winter wastelands to alien deserts, there's a GameMat mat to fit any kind of terrain. Their mats are padded, anti-slip, waterproof, and when you're done rolling dice and battling on your mat, just roll it up and stick it in the convenient carrying bag for easy transport and storage. And if you don't have a gaming table, they've got you covered with their folding Gboard portable gaming area and their line of pre-painted resin terrain. If you're ready to upgrade your gaming table, head over to www.gamemat.eu and find the gaming mat that's right for you. Game Mat, giving your armies the battlefield they deserve.